I was listening to a sermon by Melissa Hessler and she said the Holy Spirit told her when she when her kids were really little he said teach your kids to depend on me because they will outgrow their need of you but they will never outgrow their need of me and I think that reality really um, just opened my eyes to parenting is that the greatest thing my kids can receive from me is this understanding that they need Jesus. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Real fast before we dive in, I just want to give you guys the announcement. My merch line is officially going live next Thursday, September 16th. It is going live and I have already coded in a discount for anyone who makes a purchase between Thursday and Sunday that launch weekend, you can have 20% off of your purchase. So I'm super excited. Stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen to make sure you don't miss any announcements and the website for my merch line. I put it down in the show notes, but it's Java with Jen Hey, you guys, thanks so much for coming to today's show. I am excited about today's guest. I met Michaela Waters at a a young adults event here in Beaumont and I spotted her across the room and I was like oh my goodness another tall friend (laughs) we could be friends we're both really tall girls and so little did I know though that we had a lot more in common than that I'm gonna let Michaela get into the background of her ministry history and stuff which is where we have a lot of common ground but Michaela thanks for joining me today yeah I'm excited I am too. Okay, so um, the that night that I met you, it was at a restaurant, Sugars, I think, here in Beaumont. It was yeah. on the patio. I don't even remember how you guys ended up there. Well, my sister, she goes to a Baptist church in Beaumont, and um, she was going to this because it was multiple denominations, and your husband was speaking, and she told me that y'all were with the assemblies. And so I saw you and she's like, I think that's his wife. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Yes. And I had high heels on that night. So I was rocking around six feet tall. And you were like, what, six foot, six, one, five, ten. But yeah. Oh, okay. Then maybe you had heels on too, but you're tall. And I was like, us tall sisters, we just kind of, we get each other. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It was, it was awesome. I felt like it was totally even just the Lord. I didn't go over there with an agenda, but we end up talking about parenting actually. And you start talking about fasting and it just rocked my world. And you told me books to get and I got them and it was just amazing. I remember you said, I fell in love with fasting when my boys were little. And I thought, how is that possible? You know, but it made me think about it. So it was really cool. That's awesome. That's so awesome. And it was so funny because I had sent Michaela a follow-up message after we'd met that night, but I didn't know that wherever I sent it, she didn't check her messages very much. And so I didn't hear back for like, I don't know what it was, nine months or something crazy. And I was like, Michaela hates me. Oh my God. (laughs) I talked too much. And I was like, all like in my head. I was like, oh man, I really liked her. That's a bummer. (laughs) And then later we saw each other. She set the record straight. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. I'm bad about that. Okay. So let, let my listeners know what you and your husband do that, um, is common ground. You're in the assemblies, the assemblies of God is a denomination, the Christian faith. Um, and so what do you guys do? 
Yeah. So I, I got saved my junior year of college in a ministry called Chi Alpha, which stands for Christ Ambassadors. Um, and um, I was late. I was like 21 when I got saved and I just felt God call me instantly into college ministry. And so we've been doing um, Chi Alpha College Ministry for about 10 years. We moved to Kingsville to start a ministry here seven years ago. So we've been here um, ever since we came with about there was four of us and now we have a staff of like 14. Um, and it's just been amazing. That's awesome. Now that's, that's what our common ground is. Steven and I started a college ministry at Lamar university here in Beaumont. And we later became a Chi Alpha. And then that's how we ended up connecting with all these Chi Alpha pastors that are at universities all over the U S. And it was just such a blessing to be built into such a, a family, not even a network, but like a family of ministers. It was so great. And, um, and what sets Chi Alpha apart is really the discipleship model that they use to reach the universities. It's very like, let me walk with you. Let me live life with you. And, um, but it's also very effective. So I think that is the game changer is when people realize that when we, when we walk with Jesus, we have a real responsibility for what's dear to the heart of God mm-hmm. and what's the dearest to his heart is, is souls. So we have an actual responsibility to love, care, and help people learn how to really walk with Jesus. It's so true. And that honestly takes us perfectly into what we're talking about this morning. So for a lot of my listeners being moms, young moms, older moms, any kind of, or not moms, just single people. um, But we're going to specifically be talking about how to teach your children to hear God's voice, because I think every Christian mother, our greatest desire is that our kids would love Jesus and our greatest fear is that they wouldn't, (laughs) you know, and, um, and I loved what you had said. It was a quote about teaching your kids to be dependent on the Lord. And so maybe share that and we'll segue right into this. Yeah. I remember, um, I feel like parenting for me, you know, I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, I mean, we went to church when we were little, we didn't talk about Jesus in the home is what I mean. And, um, and so I really entering into the season of parenting, I'm like, how do we do this? Well, you know, and like what you said, seeing so much correlation with just discipleship, but I was listening to a sermon by Melissa Hessler. And she said, the Holy spirit told her when she, when her kids were really little, he said, teach your kids to depend on me because they will outgrow their need of you but they will never outgrow their need of me. And I think that reality really um, just opened my eyes to parenting is that the greatest thing my kids can receive from me is this understanding that they need Jesus and that the Holy Spirit is so willing to help them, (laughs) you know? So that's been a huge shaper for how I approach things. Yeah. So that sounds like that's the foundation of your desire and the way that you approach teaching them to hear God's voice. So a lot of my listeners might even be thinking like, wait, that's a thing. Like I can teach my kids to hear God's voice because a lot of my listeners may still be new to the idea that they can hear God's voice or that it could be so normal that they could teach their kids how to do it as well. Um, So share a simple story where maybe you realized like, Hey, at this really young age, there's an opportunity to begin this now, or, um, even how you, uh, just how you approached it in a very practical sense. Yeah. Well, I remember, um, so I have three kids, six, three, and one, but so Noah, my six-year-old was obviously my huge learning curve, but I remember when he was like two, two and a half and 
he would just throw these fits, right? And on the ground, screaming, rolling. And I didn't know what was wrong. And, you know, I'm fighting, not just getting angry. You know, you know, you see your flesh, like, stop acting like that. <laughs> um, but I'm really thankful for the Holy Spirit because I'm just looking at my son and I'm like, okay, something is going on in his heart and he does not know how to explain it. And so I just, I'm just, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, like, what do I do right now? And that's been actually a common thing that I've vocalized in front of my kids. Like, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Would you help me in this moment? And I remember, um, I just told Noah, I said, I want you to sit on the bed. And I just said, honey, I don't know what's going on in your heart. I can tell you're wrestling and there's something going on, but do you know who does know what's going on in your heart? Jesus, he knows everything. And I want you to ask him to try to ex- try to help you understand what's going on. I'm going to leave the room and I want you just to ask, ask Jesus to help you. And so I think in that moment, really teaching my son that I don't know everything, but I know the one who does, and he's more than willing to help my, my two, two and a half year old. And I remember coming back in and he was just calmer. You know, he's still little. He didn't really know how to verbalize anything, but I felt like the Lord gave me some insight and it was about control. Like my son was really upset. He wasn't in control. And I, and so I just asked him like, do you, do you, did you get upset because you couldn't control the situation? And he was just like, yeah, I wanted to do this. And so I just, you know, practically was just like, Hey, I want you to get your hands. And I just want you to start shaking your hands. And when you get that upset, just say, Jesus, help me to really help me to release control, help me to release control, you know? Um, because when you think you need to be in control of everything, it can tend to make us really upset. So I think just in little moments like that, teaching my son, Hey, I don't know what's wrong, but Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Spirit really helped, and both of us see that he he just wanted control, mm-hmm. and then realizing, hey, it's actually healthy when we realize we're not always in control, and it's better when when Jesus is in control. Yeah, that's so awesome. I just love that. I like how you approach that with with even though you didn't use words that were like super complicated, you also didn't use words that were so babyfied that. Yeah. I don't know. People have always commented. They're like, I appreciate how you, you talk to your kids. Like you're intelligent people. And I'm like, that's because they are intelligent people. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that all the studies and scientists, they're like, your kids understand way more than they can communicate, especially when they're young. And, and so that's what, you know, they're taking everything in. And so I think even you talking to him on that level, you took something that some people might think is too complicated for a kid to understand and you just made it simple enough. He could just put the dots together. You didn't make a spiel out of it. But I just appreciate that. And, and it sounds like he was able to connect the dots. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seemed like it. I think when it was like control. And I think what God's helped me with with my kids too is using my hands. Mm-hmm. So I remember reading the Bible story of Cain. And we have the Action Bible, which is pretty cool. It's got all the comic type things. And he's looking at Cain and and he sees Cain's face right before he kills Abel. And he's like, why does he look like that? Mm-hmm. And I just put my hand out, you know, like one big hand. And I said, because sin, when we sin, um, it hardens our heart. And I just start tightening my hand more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And I just said, he kept sinning, ungrateful, bad attitude, all this. And it made his heart really hard. And I just do a real tight fist. And I said, and when your heart is that hard, you'll do anything. 
and, and he killed his brother. And so just teaching him, even at those moments, and even now, you know, years later, I talk about sin and I always use my hand. I'm like, sin makes us hard mm-hmm. and it separates us from each other. It separates us from God. Oh, that's so good. Because really what that does by, by using those little physical cues for them, it gives them a picture that even if they don't remember everything that they said, that you said, they remember based on that little picture and that can call that forward, which I think is a great, um, a great principle to draw out actually for the moms who are listening, like children are, are, I've been told by counselors that kids can't handle a phrase that's more than like four words (laughs) then it gets too complicated you know it gets too much to remember but when you can do short little phrases or even like visual cues like what you're doing then it anchors it into their mind like a story you know like we have emotion that concept attached to a visual story and so that's a huge way to like help your kids understand the concepts you're trying to communicate and so I love that. Um, what have been some challenges that you've encountered in teaching your kids, like how to hear God's voice? What have been some roadblocks yeah. across? Um, one of the biggest things is probably, honestly, my myself. So I remember reading a book by Catherine Booth, who is just amazing, Salvation Army. And, um, and she had a whole chapter on parenting. And um, she talks about the verse... I, Proverbs 22, six says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And he will not, when he's old, he will not depart. And she said, the issue with a lot of moms, what we tend to do and what I was doing a lot of when Noah was really little is we want to teach our kids, but we don't train our kids. And so she said, teach our kids is, Hey, you stop doing that. You need to share. You need to stop acting like that. Stop throwing a fit. Uh, But training is actually me getting out of what I was doing, my work, going and getting eye level with my kid and talking him through, hey, why do you think, why did you take that toy from so-and-so? Is it because you just personally did it? You were just thinking about yourself and, and actually walking them through those moments. And I was super convicted because I was like finding myself annoyed with my son a lot because he'd be doing things. And I'm like, hey, stop doing that, you know, and because I'm doing more important work. And she just, she spanked me. She was like the most important work and what you're going to reap when he's 10 is if you get out of your seat and you go train your child, which is in the moment of when something's happening versus just teaching them to, Hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. Don't do it. You know, but actually saying, Hey, so why do you think right now you're choosing to do something that we've already discussed? You're not supposed to be doing. That's so good. I had a similar experience. Um, where I pulled Shiloh in to kind of help him learn how to hear the Lord's voice. And it was like, I was upstairs having my quiet time. And I started to get a little bit convicted because I realized that whenever I would have my quiet time or Steven would have his quiet time, we'd always want to go off by ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. isolate, have solitude, hear from the Lord. But I realized like how much our kids learn by watching what we do and, yeah. and so much more of what they learn is caught more than it's taught, you know? And so I'm okay. like, I'm like, hold on. Are my kids even learning how to connect with the Lord if they never see me connect with the Lord, you wow. know? And so I was having my quiet time and Shiloh came up and I was all like, trying not to be annoyed. I'm like, oh my gosh, kid, get out of here. So I can have <laughs> <laughs> And so, but the Lord kind of like, prompted me and he was like why don't you just pull him into what you're doing and so I had been sitting quietly to hear the Lord and so I said Shiloh come on come join me sit in my lap we're listening for the Lord's voice right now and he was like oh 
okay. And so he climbed up in my lap. And so I just gave him a little explanation. I was like, what, what, what I do is to hear God's voice. He speaks in a small whisper on the inside. So I have to get real quiet in my heart so I can hear from him. And I said, a lot of times he'll give me a scripture verse to look up. And so that's what we're listening for. So why don't we'll just pray and ask the Lord to give us a scripture. So he just sat in the, in my lap with me and we both just were listening quietly and then speak up and say, mom, I heard Psalms 37 too. And then, so like, and so we'd look it up and see if there was anything, you know, that we could like glean from it. And he pulled a couple scriptures that once we looked at them, they all kind of connected and so I was like, Shiloh, look what the Lord is showing you through the word of God, because you took wow. the time to get still and to listen. But it was what you're describing where it required me, maybe not get out of my seat necessarily, but theoretically pull him into what I was doing, interrupt what I was doing to shift and realize this is an opportunity for me to disciple my son and how to hear God's voice. And so, so what kind of scriptural insight do you feel like you have that supports the idea of training your kids? to hear God's voice, especially because a lot of adults don't even know how to hear God's voice, but that's yeah. the goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the Bible, um, I think it's, it's in revelations and he just says, um, I'm at the door knocking anybody who opens the door and lets them in, I'll come and dine with them. And I think there really is all throughout scripture, you know, in Matthew, I think it's in Matthew where it says, ask, knock, seek, you know, um, the Bible is just full of invitation of God to all of us, right? Even Jesus said, don't despise the little ones. You actually have to be like a little child to even enter the kingdom of God. And so I think kids are probably, they can hear the voice of God so much easier than us because we, they're not, they're still so innocent. Like they haven't, they don't have as much to battle. I think sometimes mentally as we do like, Hey, was that the Lord or was that just me? You know, they're just like, Hey, that kids are like, that was not my thought, you know? Yeah. And so I think just, um, you know, Eli Stewart says this and it, it really, the stewards may need Eli Stewart have really helped shape my parenting. But he said, when you have a high view of people, then you will, you have a high view of God. So you'll have a high view of people. And when you have a high view of your kid, you'll expect things of your kid. And so he was like, I, his example was like, I don't baby talk my kids. I talk to them like they're adults because I, I, I know they're smart and I know they're capable mm-hmm. and not saying baby talking is wrong. Right. I I've done it. Um, and I do it, but he essentially, his motto was they can hear God's voice. And when you treat them like that, they'll expect it. And I think that's the beauty is just God actually tells us like, if Noah loses something, I'm like, well, have you asked the Holy spirit to help you find it? Well, no. Well, hello. Like, why are you so upset? You ask him, ask God to help you. He, he wants to help in those little, little things. And every time he has done that, he has found it (laughs) every time. It's so funny. And I don't know if he's connected. He's just excited. He found the toy. Right. But I'm like, you need to calm down, ask Jesus, say, would you help me? Would you help me to stay calm? Would you help me to find it? And so, um, so yeah, I think God's just so willing all throughout scripture. Okay, so share a story that was like a win in your process of teaching your kids to hear God's voice where you felt like, ah, the fruit of my labors. It's a little glimmer of hope. Actually, this win just happened. So Mm -hmm. it's still kind of like, thank you, Jesus. Um, Something that we've, we've always noticed with our kids when it comes to TV shows, if something odd comes out of our kid, like a weird attitude or, you know, like, Corey the other day said to Noah, you're the worst brother ever. 
And I was just like, man, where did you hear that? You know, you just notice like this came from some type of influence, you know, and we've done this with my son ever since, um, he was like two or three, like, Hey, this attitude that you've had, it seems very similar to the show. I think we're going to take a break. And so even in that moment, Noah goes, she got it from frozen too instantly. And so what we've tried to teach our kids is we, what we watch is a big deal because we're always battling attitudes and ideas. And so if we're watching something that isn't giving us a good influence and it's creating a bad attitude or things like that, then we want to stay away from it. You know, the, the Bible says the eye is a lamp to the body. So what you see affects the inside of us. And so, um, I try to tell Noah all the time, like if you sense off in your heart, that something is not right. And I, again, I learned this from the stewards. They did this with their kids, but the Holy spirit will actually give you an uneasiness if you really shouldn't be watching something. Now, the issue with my six-year-old is he actually likes the bad stuff. So it's still kind of like, I really have to monitor like, Hey, did you feel a little weird at first? You know? yeah. But, um, so we, we really monitor and we're really, um, careful about that stuff. But we went to a friend's house the other, the, uh, like a couple weeks ago and this friend, he's a couple years older, but he has a TV in his room. And I guess they went into his room and started watching something. And when we were on our way home, Noah goes, so we were watching something and I, I felt God tell me I wasn't supposed to be watching it. And I told, I told my friend I had to turn it off and he turned it off instantly. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, they were like shooting people in the face. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like, I can't believe you're even watching this. But I was like, he heard the Holy Spirit and me not even being there. Yeah. And he's six, told his friend he was not supposed to be watching this and he needed to turn it off. And then he went home and I was like, no, that was the Holy Spirit. And he was like, I know. And then a couple of days later, he's like, mom, remember when the Holy Spirit like showed me that I wasn't supposed to be watching that. And I'm like, I know I'm like, still like, God, you're really faithful. And yeah. so, um, teaching them again, it's that biblical principle of holding every thought captive to the Lord Jesus Christ. When ideas or attitudes are coming out of our kids, oftentimes it's because they've been influenced by something. And so if we can teach our kids to identify the influence and to be able to see, is this, is this a good influence or is it not? And it, if it's not good, we should probably stick away from it. Yeah. So that was really cool. That's so cool. I love that. That's so true. And I love, that's what I was going to mention earlier. I love how, and I feel like this is an important part for us as parents to help them connect the dots. So yes. it comes to their emotions. If they have a strong emotion, I know psychologists are like, it's important to say you sound angry or you sound sad, or do you yeah. feel blah, 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 and kind of give them words to kind of begin to develop a vocabulary for their feelings. Well, I feel like it's important spiritually with their experience as well to be like, wow, buddy, that was the Holy Spirit speaking inside of you to like affirm and not just be like, wow, that's awesome. Good job. You know, but actually articulating like that was the Holy Spirit and you listened to him and you responded to him. That's such a big deal. And so how did that feel on the inside? Where did you feel his voice come from? Did it come with peace? Did it come with, you know, like kind of helping them like evaluate and think it through and, and help really validating those moments. I think that's huge for like steering their experiences too. I had something like that with my oldest son actually um, earlier in the week. And I, I, it's, I've talked to them pretty openly and freely too. And I've shared with them for years. I'm like, listen, 
right now you guys are learning about God and Jesus because you live in my home and that's what we're training you. But there will come mm -hmm. a day when you get older that you'll have to make a decision for yourself if you want to serve Jesus and pay the price to follow him or not. And I was like, I pray that you will, but there will come a moment when you'll feel that shift and you'll take ownership over your faith. And so I'm trying now at this point, my kids are smart. They go to Christian school. They're in church. They have pastors for parents. We have disciple, we have discipleship time at home. Like they have the stuff, yeah. you know, but what I see sometimes is a whole lot of Bible and Jesus knowledge, but sometimes not a lot of Jesus character. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to raise a bunch of Pharisees, you know? And so I asked yeah. myself the other day, I was like, okay, Judah, so I know you guys know a lot about God and I'm so, I'm so glad that you do. And I said, that's a lot of, that can be head knowledge though. I was like, where do you feel like you're experiencing God in your heart? Like where, mm -hmm. where do you feel like God is speaking in your heart or touching your life in your heart? And so he thought about it and he was like, well, I feel like, I feel like I'm quicker to recognize when I've done something wrong and make it right. And I was like, really? And so we kind of talked through that. He was like, yeah. And he was like, I feel like, um, I feel like I'm hearing his voice more easily because of that. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. I'm like, obedience is the doorway to hearing God's voice better. And, um, yeah. goes, and I feel like I've had more more favor and opportunities in my life since I started responding to his voice more. And I was like, Oh my gosh, kid, you're brilliant. <laughs> you're connecting all That's the dots. Awesome. And so the wow. fact that he was seeing those connections, I was like, okay, this is the beginning of him recognizing, Hey, this is a journey I'm walking with God and I yeah. am responsive to God, you know, and whatever, and seeing the impact of that on his life. And so but I feel like back to the point being that we as parents, it's important to help them articulate when they're having experiences with God. Yeah. It's all new. And so helping them understand like, oh, that's what's happening. God is speaking. Oh, obedience is what's necessary right now. Oh, that's his favor on my life. Oh, that was, <clears throat> you know, whatever. And so. Yeah. No, that's so. So true. It's so funny. The past couple nights or the past week, there's been a couple nights where we prayed with our kids and just, we ask them like, no, is there anything on your heart you want to pray for? And twice one night he mentioned two kids mm -hmm. and I was like, never heard their names before. Um, why, why do you think you want to pray for them? He's like, you know, I haven't seen them at church in two weeks and I haven't seen them at Royal Rangers. So maybe we should just pray, make sure they're not sick. And then the next night it was for our neighbor and, uh, for, his son and his girlfriend, they're in college. And anyways, they're, he goes, we go, why do you want to pray for them? He goes, I don't think they know Jesus. Oh. And my husband was like, son, you realize God's really given you a gift. Like he's putting people on your heart and he's giving you discernment as to what to pray for. Like, that's amazing. And so again, I was even kind of like, wow, you connected that for him, that this was something God was actually gifting him with. And then he's kind of like, you know, excited, like really, you know? And so I think that's so cool. That's so cool. I just love it. So what about listeners who feel like they don't even know how to hear God's voice? We'll kind of pan back a little bit going into this topic. Of course, there's an assumption that our listeners know how to hear God's voice for themselves, but I know that, that I'm going to have many listeners because I have a very diverse audience um, who are like, 
what the heck are you guys even talking about <laughs> hearing God's voice? So how would you say, because I feel like the principles that we implement in our own lives are oftentimes the same principles we can help our kids implement. So what about those that feel like they don't even know how to hear God's voice? And, um, and for those who are listening, if you feel just as a little commercial, if you feel like that's you and you're like, yeah, I don't even know what, I don't even know what y'all are talking about. Um, episode, I have six episodes on learning to hear God's voice. And so episode 12 and 13, 12 and 13, and then 37 through 40, those are all about how to hear God's voice. And so I get really practical there. So if you want to dig deeper, you can go check out those episodes, 12, 13, 37 through 40. Um, But what would you say, Michaela, to someone who's like, I don't even know how to hear God's voice? Yeah, that's great. Honestly, um, for me and what I saw to be true in my life is when I really gave my life to Jesus, I was so hungry to know what God was like. So the Bible was everything. I mean, it's still everything, but learning what God sounds like is the, is the thing that helps us realize when he's the one speaking to us. So it's hard to know the tone of somebody's, somebody's voice. If we not, if we don't know them. And so I think, viewing the Bible is not not a knowledge so you can know all the things in the Bible, but to know the God of the Bible. And when you, when you do that, God's word actually says like, I will hear the prayers of the humble. Like I will draw near to the, to the hungry and to, to those who hunger and first thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Like it's a promise. And so for me, if there's a real desire to hear the voice of God, you will hear it. But the best place to start is getting in the Bible and saying, God, what do you sound like? What are you like? And I'm talking like opening, you know, Matthew and saying, Jesus, I want to read this. Like I'm getting to know you for the first time. Show me what you're like. And it's just like a overflow effect after that. Yeah, that's so good. I 100% agree. The Bible says that um, the word of God is the more sure word of prophecy. And prophecy is a fancy word for hearing God's voice. Okay, so let's get practical. Let's dive into, let's do like three steps. If anyone's like, okay, how do I learn how to hear God's voice? How do I teach my kid? Let's just break it down. I would say, firstly, take this journey with your child. It's a journey that goes throughout life. Don't wait till you have it mastered, if you will. Just learn with your kids. They'll see you learning and they'll be encouraged by your learning journey as well. And it'll, I think it'll create a safer space for the kid to feel like they can learn because they see mom, yeah. right? Um, so what would you say? So number one would be take that journey with your kids. Don't wait to start teaching them. Just start it with them. Step two, maybe what you just said about getting in the word of God. Yeah. Reading the word of God. What would you say would be a third step people can do to like develop their hearing and their kids hearing of the voice of God? I think expecting to hear it, you know, um, we're teaching, you know, what we said, just teaching our kids, our need for the voice, for the word of God. Um, I, I want to say it's in Matthew, but where Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but by the very word of God. And that word is actually Rhema, which is the spoken word of God. So man does not live by bread alone, but he actually lives, has his fullness of life by hearing the voice of God. And so I think really expecting that our father in heaven actually wants to speak to his children. And so when we expect God to speak, we're going to be ready for it a lot quicker. It's so true. It's so true. There was an analogy that someone will end with this, but there was a, an, 
illustration that someone shared with me that really like kind of pulled away religious thinking that would maybe convince me God wouldn't speak. And they said, they said, you know, um, do your parents communicate with you on a regular basis? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, when you were growing up, if your parents just decided not to talk to you for like a couple of days, they wouldn't help you with your homework, wouldn't answer when you called, wouldn't come when you cried, all this like, is that good parenting? And I was like, heck no, heck no, yeah. that's like parental neglect, you know, it's like abandonment of your child. They're like, and yet a lot of believers feel like God treats them that way. Mm. But if our human parents wouldn't neglect us, why in the world would God, who's a perfect father, neglect us? And I was like, yeah, that's so true. And yeah. so just, it challenged me. It challenged me so much to, it freed me, actually, that's a better word. It freed me to just 100% run after expecting to hear his voice. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so any last thoughts on this topic before we jump into life hacks? Yeah, uh, one thing that also that I loved is Paul Tripp. He writes really good books on parenting. And he said that your children should be falling in love with the grace and mercy of God every day. Mm -hmm. And he talks a lot about how it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And what parents do often is we try to make our kids fall in line with these rules. Mm -hmm. And he was like, but the law will never save your kid. And so I'm try, I try to be intentional. I try to talk about the gospel every single day with my kids, whether we watched a show or, you know, Moana. I, I mean, we will talk about Jesus and Moana, how, you know, the crap without the heart, you know, like what man is like until Jesus, Ezekiel 36 gives us a heart of flesh. And so I think just practicing every day, like Holy Spirit, would you help me to articulate their need for you today and the gospel and help them to fall in love with you today? Paul Tripp wrote 14 gospel principles to parenting. Oh, I hadn't heard and of it's that book. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. He, he goes through all these stories of why all these parents that are like, I did everything right. I took my kids to church. They weren't allowed to watch rated R. They weren't allowed to cuss, blah, blah, blah. And now they're in rebellion against God. And, and essentially his thing is because you taught them that the law would save them and that was never going to save them. Yeah. And talks about how our kids should be falling in love with the grace of God daily. And so I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, yes. I don't want to just say, Noah, stop being selfish, but I want to look outside. Noah, Noah, look at that rain. Look at how amazing it is that the faithfulness of God to bring rain to the earth, you know, and just being mindful of making them in love and awe of God, not just be, you know, a certain way, blah, blah, blah. That's so good. Okay. Well, we're going to jump into life hacks right now. All right. Okay, guys, thanks for joining us for life hacks. Now this life hack comes from Michaela and with COVID everywhere and all over the place, this is like a really great life hack relevant for keeping your immune system strong and keeping you healthy. Okay. Tell us your magic sauce. Okay. You can actually look this up. It's called master tonic, but we learned it, um, from Winky Prattney. Um, and it's an old recipe. I think it was the blue bonnet plague when they made this or something. It was just crazy. It really saved a lot of people, but so you get Bragg's apple cider vinegar, the organic Bragg's apple cider vinegar, and you get equal portions. So you just get a food processor or whatever, like a little blender and just chop all the stuff up. You get horseradish, 
onion, garlic, habanero pepper, and ginger. And what I've just done is I have one of those little small processors and I just throw the garlic in, like I don't peel them or anything because that just takes so long. Mm -hmm. um, and you just do equal portions. So like a cup of everything all chopped up. Uh, habanero pepper, get gloves, throw them in there and then try not to touch them, try to wear goggles or something. But you put all of that in one big glass jar and then you just pour the apple cider vinegar on top of it until it's right over the tip of it. And you're just gonna let that sit for two weeks. You'll just turn it every day. Um, you have to use glass. It will melt through metal, plastic, anything. Um, and every day you just turn it a little bit and for two weeks and then you strain it and it is, it will kill strep throat. It will kill anything in your body. Um, so if I'm sick, I probably haven't taken one medication in like seven years or wow. a long time, not even, you know, anything. Wow. And you just drink a little tablespoon of that. Um, put a few drops of it on the back of your tongue. If you're like kind of around somebody that's sick and it will heal anything. So you can even look it up. It's master tonic. We call it Winky Juice because Winky Prattney um, gave us the recipe. <laughs> uh, right, Winky Prattney, he's a special man. Um, okay, what we'll do is I will get the recipe from Michaela and I'll put it in the show notes below the episode. So whatever platform that you're listening on, uh, there should be a description of the show underneath it. And so you'll be able to find the recipe on there. My big question is how much of it do you drink when you're taking it? If I'm sick, I will do a tablespoon like three times a day. And I will try to gargle it. Um, sometimes it's a little spicy. If you, if, if like my dad, for example, he had throat cancer. And so he actually can't drink it because it's just too much on his throat. So he just made it without the habanero pepper. Uh, and I mean, you're still getting good stuff. You know, um, I think there's something about the habanero that's really good, but you could do that if you're like, I just can't do spice at all. Right, right, right. Um, but you just gargle it and swallow it. And I'll do a tablespoon three times a day. Um, but I also know people that'll just put some drops on there like daily, you know, on their tongue. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Do you water it down or like dilute it with anything? Cause it sounds pretty intense. It is. I don't, I just shoot it back like a shot You're and do it really quick. I think it would be harder to take diluted because it would take longer to drink it. True. If you just shoot it back, it's kind of like one and done. Right. It doesn't um, like scald your throat or anything. You know, it hasn't, it, when I've drank Winky Juice, that's like two years old because it really doesn't expire. Mm -hmm. That has burned my throat before, but it's only like kind of burnt for like a day. But if you, if it's not two years old, you should be fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's it's never great. hurt me, but I have burned my throat a couple of times, but it was really older Winky Juice and I gargled it, probably swallowed it wrong. Okay. Well, I do know that like with apple cider vinegar, if you're going to take that, they say to dilute it because it can, um, it can burn your throat because it's just so strong. So I was like, Ooh, vinegar plus all of those things. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, you probably could. I just, it's so strong and pretty hard to take sometimes that I just shoot it all back to get it done with, but you probably could dilute it. I would probably drown it with some honey too. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that honey to soothe it out a little bit. Okay. So that's great. I love it. Thank you for that life hack. I am a firm believer that God in his wisdom put everything that we need for health in nature because yeah. he created nature with all of the solutions to all of the problems. And so I'm all yeah. about 
kind of stuff. So thank you. So you guys, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find Michaela and follow her on social media, Michaela, where are you at? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Michaela Waters six. Okay, well, we'll put that Michaela in the notes six. as well. Yeah. Okay, and then if you guys had any questions and you want to send her a DM and ask her some questions or whatever, Michaela, I'm inviting them to <laughs> contact you. Yeah, I'll point you back to Jenny Lee. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Michaela, so much for taking the time. Now, you guys, listen, stay tuned because Michaela will be with me for another episode where we're going to be talking about gossip and how gossip and offense kind of run hand in hand, how they're actually a really toxic poison um, that can hurt your spiritual life, hurt people, but how it can be handled with wisdom and, and you can be above the gossip poison. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to that one. So Michaela, thank you so much, girl. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon. Or, of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, we have merch coming. Stay tuned, and I'll let you know when it hits the stores. Until next time, remember, you will fulfill your greatest destiny one day at a time.